0: Maybe if this is your first experience of church or first experience in a long time, we've been in a series called the Surrender Series. And Pastor Chris has been leading the charge over the last little while. And basically the Surrender Series is... Siri's talking to me. Um, The Surrender Series, not Siri, the Surrender Series is based upon encountering God through elements of surrender in our life. And I'm going to continue that conversation today. And if you have your Bibles... I've seen some physical bibles here this morning. I even bought mine. They still exist. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. It says Moses 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 wrote. <laughs> here we go. That's that that preacher's brain kind of kicking in. Moses wrote that anyone who insists on using the law code to live right before God soon discovers it's not so easy. Every detail of life regulated by fine print. Every detail of life Regulated by a product disclosure statement. Every detail of life regulated by contractual terms and conditions. But trusting God to shape the right living is a different story. No precarious climb up to heaven to recruit the Messiah. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue the Messiah. So what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves is right here. As near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. This morning, the title of my message is Surrender the Sophistication, the Simplicity of Following Jesus. You know, it's reasonable to say that life under the law wasn't necessarily the most amazing nor freeing experience for people. You have to observe the whole law, not partial elements, not things like, I'm going to observe just this portion because I don't want to observe the rest. You have to observe everything. Every detail of your life was regulated by the fine print. Enter Jesus, who came to fulfill the law, conquers death, and creates a new, simple way for us to live. He himself, as Paul writes in Romans, shaped the way of right living. And it might be fair to say that we as believers and members of this church have developed that understanding and approach, yet the simplicity of following Jesus can be lost in a world that is only ever increasing in complexity. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the moments that we are about to share. Jesus, I just pray this morning that you would reveal to us afresh the simplicity that exists in living a life following you. And God, let us not leave this place the same. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. This morning before the service, um, Pastor Levi and I were having a quick discussion in a meeting. We had like our own little discussion and he said, I can't wait for your prayer, Rob, because you will definitely pray for the broncos and your sporting teams and well I wanted to mix it up I didn't want to include it this morning but I'll pray for them right now Jesus I thank you for the Brisbane Broncos and the New York Knicks God for the redeeming work that you continue to do in their world God we need your help in your mighty name Jesus Amen About 6 weeks ago my wife Sarah and I and our son Samuel went on our first family holiday and we went to the Gold Coast and um we had a great time we had lots of good memories and we had our first uh, win, our first positive experience in the car ride there and that Samuel didn't scream. And I think that's uh, maybe one of the biggest challenges as a parent. You, you worry about is your child going to be okay or is he going to make a fuss or scream or whatever. But we had three hours of bliss. It was a miracle. And then of course we got to um, got to <laughs> Karamban and where we were staying and we made a, our next memory within the space of an hour. The, the place we had booked to stay was uh, not necessarily the most amazing place, nor inspiring. And so within the space of an hour of being there, we rebooked and found somewhere else, and we ended up staying at Burley Beach. And we've learnt as new parents that you can't do life ad hoc. There has to be elements of planning that exist. I know some parents say, I may, might do something different, but we've, we've kind of worked out that this planning thing, it's okay, we can, we can handle it. And so we had planned a day at the beach, and we had the beach trolley. You know how you see the tourists at the beach with the beach trolley? That was me. And uh, it was stacked with our beach chairs and our umbrella, or not our umbrella, our beach tent and towels. And Probably the biggest decision we had to make on that trip was what type of beach shelter to get. We looked at maybe an umbrella might be sufficient, but then we thought maybe a cool cabana. Everyone has a cool cabana, and so it must be good for, for people to have this thing. And, So we kind of looked and talked to some people and we ended up going with a beach tent. You know, the tent that had the fiberglass rods with a bit of elastic band through it and you went, connected one corner to the other and then you would do it the opposite side. But in true human spirit, it has now become an over-engineered piece of equipment. It no longer is as simple as connecting the, the rods, the fiberglass rods together and putting them in. It's now a little like push button. You push this thing up with your finger and it's supposed to become taut and tension rods and whatever. We spent about 30 minutes trying to get this one push button beach tent up and uh, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. Sarah and I are trading lovely conversation with each other in the middle of Burley Beach surrounded by strangers. The suggestion comes about that maybe we should get a lifeguard to help us. And I thought how more embarrassing could we make this situation than by asking a lifeguard to help us erect a beach tent. And so I'm waiting. I follow some accounts on Instagram where people fail at life, and you see these people that can't do simple things. I'm waiting for my debut with establishing a beach tent on Burley Beach. But I say all of that to make this point, that there is a desire to improve the already simple. Putting up a beach tent didn't need to be that hard. It didn't need to be re-engineered to become this push-button exercise. It worked how it was. But there, it's, it's interesting, as humans, as we approach the limit of human knowledge, the existing limit, I'm not sure that life gets any easier. Because humanity has this fixation of improving and bettering and doing things differently and shifting what is the norm. And efficiency is found and this time void is created and we fill it with something else. And then we begin to introduce these new complexities that never existed until we decided to improve what already worked. And it's not necessarily new or... or, or or just part of what we experience in day-to-day life today, it's actually been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. You can follow throughout recorded time this generalised trend of efficiency and knowledge growth. Up until the year 1900, human knowledge, that is everything that we know, doubled at a rate of every hundred years. By the end of World War II, it was doubling every 25 years. By 2015, it was doubling every 13 months. And we're approaching the point today in the modern world that it is doubling approximately every 12 hours. That is everything that we know through artificial intelligence, through the Internet of Things, we are doubling everything we know every 12 hours. And through this, we're seeing the introduction of customs and guidelines and rule books and manuals and all these guidelines and traditions, which aren't necessarily bad things, but it blurs the line of procedural process. It blurs the line of every little detail of life Versus what is actually required. Do this, 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 and this, and this, and this to reach a certain outcome. Versus just do this one thing. What was simple has become inherently complex. And following Jesus has been subjected to the same level or process of improvement over time. But I think maybe we just haven't got it right. Maybe in the the attempt to refine a life following Jesus. Maybe what we've introduced... Has added a level of complexity or sophistication that just doesn't work. Paul writes about this thousands of years ago in Philippians chapter three, and I'm gonna summarize part of this because it's quite a long bit of text. He says, Steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances, knife-happy circumcises, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at the ministry, filling the air with Christ's praises as they do it. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book, the very credentials that these people are waving around is something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Every little bit of detail these people are holding on is special. He's throwing away into the trash. Why? Because of Christ. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of right standing, some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules, from keeping it. An account of every little detail of my life when I could get the robust kind from simply trusting Christ God's righteousness you know Paul is this model Jewish citizen from his birth history from his customary circumcision from the the tribe that he's from the fact that he's a vigorous defender and observer of God's law but he's aware that this is just procedural process that this tradition has become incredibly complex and is nothing more than show. It is nothing more than just observing every little detail of life. And it's more complex than it needed to be. You know, I think we seek efficiency and guidelines to produce or better or advance our lives, but it will only ever occur living a life with Jesus. And Paul has this understanding that to embrace Christ himself and be embraced by Christ in return, he has to choose to surrender the sophistication of the cultural customs the life regulated by fine print. And by doing that, he enters the simplicity of embracing Jesus. Maybe today, our faith is not necessarily complicated by the same factors that Paul was talking about. I know I'm not complicated by the fact that I'm not from the tribe of Benjamin. That's not relevant to me. Or not complicated by the fact that I'm a uh, a strict adherent to God's law in the sense of persecuting the church on a day-to-day basis. Not me but my faith is complicated by different things. Maybe our faith is complicated by our own self-worth or belief of self-worth or lack of self-worth. How could Jesus be interested in me because of this? Maybe our faith is complicated through our general busyness of life. We all live in like this permanent state of busy, but at the end of the day, we have elements to control as to what gets the most attention in our lives. Maybe our faith is complicated by the fact of who welcomed you or didn't welcome you on the door. I, I can't enjoy the rest of my day on a Sunday because I wasn't welcomed by Rob and Lynn Stewart. Man, I got Tom and Annette DeLuga instead. Both are amazing. Both are amazing. But, but that's, that's what it is. Maybe we complicate our faith by simple interactions and simple experiences like that. It, it shouldn't affect us. But there are elements or times in our life that our faith is influenced By encounters like that. Maybe it could be, oh, we didn't sing that my favorite song, Church on Fire. We didn't sing that. We haven't sung that for years. (laughs) How could I enjoy coming to church when we don't sing that? Maybe our faith is complicated by experience, both historic and where we find ourselves today. How could I choose to believe in the goodness of God when this happened to me? Maybe our faith is complicated by self-inflicted requirements that I have to pray so many hours a day or I have to spend all my time with followers of Jesus and I can't spend time with people that don't know Jesus. Mm -mm. I can't do that. Maybe we've just introduced these complications that don't need to exist. The simple pursuit of Jesus actually starts and ends with the gospel, the good news. The good news is not complex. It is not time-consuming. It is, by its very nature, good. And without understanding the good news of Jesus... We will spend our lives in pursuit of ritual and custom and justification for our own benefit. Instead, we can choose to have the understanding that there is nothing left to prove because before God because of Jesus. Without knowing the power of the gospel, we will spend our lives endlessly seeking to create our own opportunities of safety and advancement. And until we are comfortable in understanding of the fact that God reigns over all, we open ourselves up to this constant state of anxiety, this constant state of worry. In the good news of Jesus, we are guided by simplicity. Not only is it laid out in the Bible, but Jesus, encounter after encounter, sets the example himself. The simplicity of your faith has made you well. That's it. There's nothing more to it. The simplicity of salvation has come to this house today. That was it. The simplicity of come, follow me, or the simplicity of whosoever would believe in me would not perish but have everlasting life. There is no process, there is no guideline, there is no procedure. There is no set age, there is no family background, there is no educational requirement. Every detail of life is not scrutinized when following Jesus. Rather, Jesus sets the example of simplicity and it is enough for us to live right. The second part of Romans chapter 4, Romans 10, verse 4. The word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching saying the welcoming word to God Jesus is my master, embracing body and soul. That's it. You're not doing anything, you're simply calling out to God, trusting Him to do it for you. The simplicity of following Jesus almost sounds too good to be true. Could that really be it? Could that really. Could it really be that simple? That life is not bound by rules or regulations, but rather freedom through a confession. That I don't need to do anything other than confess and choose to believe in Jesus. Even some of the greatest theologians and academic minds in the Christian world have struggled with this idea of the gospel being so simple. Charles Spurgeon, a man that is often referred to as the prince of preachers in Christian academic thought, well, their thought bubble, um, said this on his deathbed. As my time has passed on, my theology has grown more and more simple. It is simply this, Jesus loves me. I wonder this morning, do we have the faith to live simply? Would we rather choose to live a life regulated by rules, by fine print, or a life paved by the example of Jesus. That as we surrender the sophistication of things that we have introduced in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus, that we would actually encounter the purest form of Christ's love for us. And really, we can simplify the gospel, the good news of Jesus to this. Jesus Christ is God. He knew no sin. He knew no error or wrong. He died for our sin. He died for our error and our wrong. He rose from the dead to conquer death and forgive us of our sin. He is the way and the truth and the life. And as you confess him or as you believe in him, you have eternal life. That's it. That's the simplicity of the gospel. That's the simplicity of following Jesus. So how do we live a life surrendering the sophistication? My first thought is this. We have to begin to rediscover the wonder and the awe of following Jesus. You know, one of the greatest things about being a young dad is Sam, who's four and a half months old, is so easy to impress. Everything we do, he's just amazed, like this constant state of... So I don't know if he's trying to comprehend it or he's just amazed, but everything, I can, I can twinkle my fingers at the moment and he just think it's, thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. I can sing Disney songs at bath time and he thinks I'm the greatest singer alive. And uh, part of that might be true, but we will never know. But Sam is in this constant state of awe and wonder. You know, being a young parent also brings about this element of humility. You discover how much you don't know. You discover how much that maybe you've had preconceived notions or preconceived ideas and you've looked at other people that have kids and you're like, "Ah, nah, I wouldn't do it like that. They don't know what's going on. Man, when you have your own kid, totally different. You're like, man, I needed infinitely more grace for other people than I had. And Jesus has this encounter with his disciples in Matthew chapter 18, and they come to him wanting to know who is the greatest amongst them. The disciples wanting to know who the greatest is amongst them. And it's interesting that the disciples are trying to seek position as the world would seek position, that one ranks higher than the other. And Jesus points to them that this notion, the importance of humility. And he draws a child into the mix and says... Essentially, unless you're like this child, unless you have the faith like this child, unless you have the awe and wonder of this child, you will not see nor enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's exactly what Paul is doing in Philippians 3. He's like, you know, the, the, the qualifications, my birth history, doesn't matter. My profile, my situation, my circumstance is not the determining factor in living a life of following Jesus. And you know, I think another reason that Jesus chose to illustrate that point with his disciples with a child is because at the end of the day, the the child is not acting for position, not fighting for position. They're not sitting there maliciously scheming as to who's going to be the top dog. They're just marveling at the opportunity that they have to just spend time with Jesus. They're just marveling at the works that he's doing, the things that he is saying. They're just like, this is amazing. And it brings me back to this um, point that Pastor Chris shared at the very start of the year, one of his first messages for 2021. He kind of summarized with this point that in 2021, we should live a life determined to be easily impressed. And now we're a third of the way through 2021, and I wonder have we created opportunities or have we identified opportunities in our lives where we have rediscovered the wonder and the awe, where we have been easily impressed by things that we have taken for granted? historically. My second thought in surrendering the sophistication is we need to remove the distraction. Have you ever had moments in life where you were so distracted from reality you have no idea what's going on? Where you just zone out? I love zoning out. I love just forgetting the the noise around me, zoning out. Sometimes reading a book, sometimes watching Netflix, sometimes mowing the lawn. But we've created these distractions as a form of escapism from reality. I mean, we've created virtual reality because normal reality is too complicated sometimes. And why the need for escapism? Well, I think we live in a society that is so highly strung. Everything is vying for our attention all the time. And in the pursuit of efficiency, we've created time and we've filled it with something else. But perhaps we're doing so much more that we were never really created with the capacity to operate at that level for a sustained amount of time. Living simply means to have faith in the now. Of course, that doesn't mean you you don't plan or be diligent with what God has given you today, but it's about not robbing yourself of the opportunities or the moments that are presented to you in the now. Having faith that God is working all things together for good. A life of distraction is normal choosing to pay attention to the distractions doesn't have to be. Third and final thought, to surrender the sophistication is to live freely in the good news. John chapter eight, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples, you are my followers for sure. Then you'll experience for yourself the truth and the truth will set you free. Following Jesus should be a freeing experience because it is not regulated, it is not Every detail is not governed. It's not necessarily an easy or painless experience, but the freedom is unrivaled. The understanding that you are not bound to your circumstance, that you are not worth what the world says you are worth, that you are not classed as the world would class you, but rather to live freely in the good news means that you are redeemed and set apart, and that is the truth of Jesus. The world is sophisticated. But your relationship with Jesus doesn't need to be. You know, Jesus came that we might have life and life to the fullest and through no intentional fault of our own. I think we've created this level of complexity, of sophistication in experiencing it. I've got to do this, this and this to experience what God has for me. I've got to read my Bible a hundred times a day. I've got to spend a hundred hours a week with Pastor Levi. I've got to listen to uh, Hillsong worship or Planet Shakers or Bethel all day, every day, to experience the goodness of God. That is a level of complexity and sophistication that is just simply not true. That's what makes the gospel, the good news of Jesus, so amazing, that we don't live by process, we don't live by formula, but rather our simple confession of Jesus, you are Lord. And that's the, the simplicity of the, of following Jesus is it's just a confession. And maybe that's something you've never heard before. Maybe that's the first time you've ever heard that. And I'd like to encourage yourself this morning, wherever you find yourself, and here in the room, or we have people joining us online this morning as well. The invitation from Jesus of come, follow me, that whosoever would believe in me would not perish, but have everlasting life, that invitation from 2,000 years ago is as relevant and as simple as it is today as it was then. Why don't we stand? I'd love to pray for us this morning. Well, Jesus, I thank you that there is simplicity in living a life following you, that there is no procedure, there is no custom, there are no fine print details that we must abide by every day, God, but we just would choose confess that you are Lord instead, God, and that is as simple as it gets. God, this morning that maybe that's the first time people have heard that, I'd pray that you would solidify that simplicity in their hearts, God, that as they leave this place, that they would have an understanding that there is no, no thing other than a confession in believing and choosing to follow you. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.